What is the crack, folks? My name is Ryan Duff, and this is the Spinning Pebble Podcast. Right, Shane, man, thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time to come down. Um, You're here today to talk about ferals, your band. Uh, So let's just go back to the very beginning. How did you meet? When did it all start? Sure. Well, it kind of came... I used to play in a band with Sam, our guitarist, mm-hmm. and then after a while I kind of wasn't in that band anymore, but me and him, we wanted to kind of like continue to do music. I think we both kind of had the same taste in bands and like had the same taste in like where we kind of, what kind of music we wanted to make, so we wanted to kind of like... Why did the first band break up, sorry? Well, it continued to go, but I... Uh, was ejected from it <laughs> a any little re- bit. Any reason? Uh, we kind of, I think it was... Creative differences? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And kind of, um, I think I was kind of bringing some songs to the table and it wasn't necessarily like the kind of direction that the rest of them wanted to go. So heads were kind of button a little bit like that. But um, it definitely sparked an awful lot of the songs that came from, or that came with this band because mm-hmm. obviously I had a lot more like creative control out of it and then me and Sam were still able to kind of work together but after that happened I had sort of had a like a little studio scenario like set up in my attic and then I just spent loads of time like writing a bunch of demos and I would send them across to Sam and he would be like oh I like that and or that one's maybe not like what we're wanting to do or something like that so it just there was a lot of like back and forth with the whole writing process and we basically we're able to get like nearly like a full set together before we'd even like had a band behind us and then after a while we got um in a drummer who we'd been wanting to kind of jam with for a while and then we recruited a a friend on bass and we kind of started practicing but again like we were being really careful as to not like prematurely like announce ourselves so we were keeping everything like quite on the down low and just making sure everything was like really tight and like learning the songs and I think at a certain point our um the drummer at the time he was kind of doing like a teaching course and then he uh he finished that and was kind of like wow like I really love teaching and that's such a surefire sort of career direction instead of kind of risking it all over like some music stuff yeah so um he kind of had like made the decision that he was gonna continue to do the teaching and he didn't feel like he could fully like commit to that so we were kind of like yeah fair enough like you've just spent your entire sort of last year working towards like this teaching thing and we're not gonna sort of stand in the way of that and you know be like put out if you don't want to continue doing this so that was kind of another like speed hump before we'd even announced ourselves or anything like that so it was kind of like getting, make sure, or like making sure everything was kind of in order before even putting ourselves out there, just so that little things like that didn't sort of like upset your momentum and things. Mm-hmm. So then we were able to get Dan in, like our current drummer, and uh, the first time we like practiced with him was the first time I like ever met him and stuff. So uh, that was like a real interesting one because you'd been like playing with three other guys for like quite a long time before it and then bringing in like a new guy and it just was 
like no offense to the other guy but it was just better like the fit just he he was really really solid to the sound that we wanted to go for and uh he he ended up like picking up everything really really quickly as well and i think that definitely like gave us an awful lot of kind of more enthusiasm for it because you know when you get someone new and it's like fresh blood and then everything starts to go right again and uh really quickly after that we ended up going into the studio because we realized that we like we'd wanted to put a song out and a video when we announced the band so it was kind of like sort of like triple threat almost Mm -hmm. so you would have like the visual and the introduction song and oh yeah we're a band now as well like this is what we're kind of doing and then we sort of spent uh that christmas what so year was this? Sorry, like, oh, it was like, like frame? two years ago now. It would have been not last <coughs> Christmas, but the Christmas before. So, like, we only came out um, February last year. So it's only been going since like twenty eighteen. These are doing well for only yeah. February, like. It's I think it kind of shows all the like planning and prep kind of paying off as well because there wasn't like, I mean, there's been shows that I feel like we were sloppy and things like that, but definitely, um. I feel like we were definitely rehearsed like properly before we even like played a show. There wasn't kind of any moments where it was like, oh, I haven't a clue what we're doing. Like Mm -hmm. it was kind of like we had all the songs and we had the demos for the songs. So we were able to even like listen to them if we weren't able to practice, which is like a really nice way to have been able to work because any band I've been in before, it's always just been you show up and you're in a room and everybody's playing at like 11 and it's so loud that you can't hear the little like intricacies of the songs and like when you're transitioning into like a chorus or something so it's often like more difficult to get everything as tight as like i would have liked it when you're just writing in a room kind of thing so having the the computer and like being able to like demo out songs was like really really good for our like preparation before we even like did the live show so we like we had done that and then we kind of got some pictures taken just I think because me and Sam had been in bands before, we we sort of had this like checkbox of things that we do, mm-hmm. like in your band's kind of progression. Yeah, maybe. pretty much. Like so when I first met you, like we, and it was a nose Shane comes through the coffee shop I work in, and that's how we started. Yeah, <laughs> with each other. yeah. I get. I used to get like a hot chocolate every day. I went up to band practice. We were like practice like twice a week, and I would get like four hot chocolates a week like <laughs> but yeah that's what you met and at that time you just lost another band member yeah that's the same one you were talking about there or no that was that was more recently actually that was kind of um when was that it would have been it was near summer kind of thing like it was um because we didn't actually announce it when it happened mm-hmm. and um giving them that leeway to come back yeah kind of it was also it was kind of completely out of our control this one as well and it, we kind of didn't want to be making a big deal about it we kind of just wanted to keep going and be like we're fine you know it happened this isn't going to affect the band in any way you know it was kind of like a move to try and show that we were still like quite a solid unit and stuff it, did you ever like release the reason why is it a bassist yeah it was he basically he just didn't want to do it anymore as far as i'm aware like uh it's it's tough being in a band at the same time and i mean again it could have been like that creative head yeah. button like i mean 
I actually haven't been in contact with him really since the whole time like and I don't think the other guys have been in contact that much but I mean like it was it was a nasty situation to kind of be on the end of because we were like really fortunate to have gotten on the scratch my progress program this year last year and the day we kind of had the interview for it um he hadn't shown up and then uh we also had a practice after and a gig in like two days so we were a little bit like i remember we were sitting in like mcdonald's afterwards as per and uh we were just sort of sitting there like feeling so defeated we were just like what are we gonna do couldn't contact him just like getting completely ghosted like uh show in two days i remember down looked pretty finite like it looked like it was definitely he was gone pretty much like from what he wanted and uh we like called up loads of people and everybody it was like the weekend that sunflower fest was on everybody else that we knew that like played in bands was either like going to this festival or like playing at this festival and we were just sitting there and we were like oh gosh like i think I think we're just gonna have to like do this as a three piece, and then we went to practice, and it was terrible. Like it was so so bad, and uh, I think we were just a little bit like deflated after it. And um, but we played the show, and it actually was a really fun show. Actually, um, I remember like Sam, like our first song. There was like a light rig right beside Sam on his on his right hand side, and he like did some like really cool guitar move or something like he does and he like knocked the light rig over like 30 seconds into the set or something like this and we were like what is happening like what are we even doing like but it's been fun because you get like I kind of like a challenge Mm -hmm. you know of like the workload has kind of changed because like I've moved to bass now and I used to play guitar in it and I really enjoy playing bass and I feel like the pressure of like playing guitar and singing and like doing all my pedals and stuff, it was almost like, it was really like difficult for me at the start. I remember our, like our first show, I was like freaking out. So now like the bass has given me a little bit sort of- A step back. Mo- yeah, it's more like freedom as well, like when we're on stage and it's it's become more enjoyable as well. It feels like there's a little less pressure. I can focus on singing a little more and just kind of like be that sort of backbone because yeah, i feel like there is more required from a guitarist than a bassist. yeah and like a bass is an important instrument yeah but the eyes are on the guitar i feel sure yeah and especially like having again going back to like the way that a lot of the songs were written in a kind of like bedroom demo way mm-hmm. it, it gives you like so much more focus as to like where the placement of everything is in the song at all times so like if i would kind of be writing at the start it would have been like okay the bass is like here and it's doing its thing and then i'm doing something on guitar but then sam also has like another sort of lead part so there was almost like i always thought that there had to be like everybody doing something at the same time Mm -hmm. so it was all just kind of like you know really almost like messy in a way because everybody kind of had to have a separate part and there's like so many parts going on and after moving to bass it's kind of like we've it's gonna sound like there's less anyway because there is less Mm -hmm. but um you can actually like use that to your advantage and we were like playing around with kind of taking things out and like you know 
reworking the songs that we already had to kind of make them still feel as big as they were whenever there was four members kind of thing so it's been a nice kind of challenge to sort of be able to like rework the songs as well because obviously everybody knew how to play them before and now it's kind of like we've got it everybody's like putting a little bit more into them or something like that or uh everybody's kind of um just doing doing stuff a little bit differently to kind of pick up slack fill that void yeah sort of pretty much like yeah but for um so we should probably say for those who maybe are in america or anywhere else in the world who don't know uh, the sounds give us sort of like a sum up of what the band's music mm. is yeah well it's really weird because um i wouldn't listen to them as much anymore but like biffy Clyro is the probably the main influence i think it just especially now that we're a three-piece and the just this massive sound that they get and it was real like peak and valley kind of sound and it's just really good sort of fast like alt rock music i guess and really really cool um that we took like a lot of influence from that i think me and sam were like really big fans of them but um wouldn't necessarily like be ones that we like listen to all the time anymore which is it's quite a strange one but i always kind of go back and i'm like yeah biffy claro there's another band called foals as well um who would be like like maybe my like one of my top bands and they're like a huge influence just the way they kind of like put songs together as well and like how intricate they are and especially like the atmosphere that they're able to get from songs and they would have been a band that really like probably introduced me and sam into like thinking about what pedals to use to like get tone mm-hmm. and um also the fact that like it's not even just about the melody that your guitar is playing but it's like the actual sound that it's given out it was like a really big thing like they their second album they have total life forever it's it has this like atmosphere on it which is really it's still it's probably one of my top records as well because like it's not even that they're playing anything that's like really mad technical or anything but it's actually just like how their instruments sound and it's like the the tone of the instrument so i think that's kind of like a big influence in us now as well having three members it's like well what can your what can the sound of your instrument say other than the actual like melody that you're playing as well so it's almost like giving yourself another instrument in the actual sonics of the sound it's it's they're a really good band for that as well i think and they'd be like a huge influence on us um recently as well we all have collectively gotten the deftones which are are like again have like shot up all our list of top bands like american kind of I think they always kind of got that bracket of new metal and because they kind of came out around the time it was really big but they're they're not like they do so much more that again they have like a real peak valley kind of um dynamic range i think that's the main thing about our sound it's like it can be like massive and then so delicate in like the next section of the song deftones are like a huge influence on that and huge influence like vocally i don't want to say that i sound anything like chino like their front man mm-hmm. or anything like that but definitely like 
I would aspire to be as good as him. Maybe. You're taking them through yeah, like I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm anywhere near as close to as, like gifted as he is, but definitely that would be a vocal tone and a vocal technique that I would like be very envious of. Like so, they so would. Yeah, I know you have you have two tracks out mm-hmm. on like streaming platforms at the minute. Yeah. Yeah, it was it's Brennan Rogers yeah, and gone, gone, yeah, gone. Even between them two tracks, mm-hmm. were they how far apart are they recorded? Because I've noticed a big difference in yeah. the sounds. Like I feel Gone's the most recent track. Yeah, that's a lot more sort of indie kind of nineteen seventy five. Yeah, I prefer it mm-hmm. than Brendan Rodgers, but there is a big noticeable difference. I think yeah. in them two songs. I, I I also prefer it. Um, I think all of us do as well. Um, Brendan Rodgers was one of the first songs that was written for the band as well so like it's probably like like two and a half years old now as well and like obviously you're like you're just different people after all that happens and um sorry excuse me no, um and then there were four guys on brendan rogers and there's only three on gone so it's completely different in that sense and even they're so far apart even in the style yeah exactly mm-hmm. in the style that um they're trying to do like you said 1975 like that's a really big band for me mm-hmm. it's difficult because i would love to just completely copy what the 1975 do because i love i love their sound so yeah. much but i think they're such a kind of like standout sound that it would just seem too blatant so it was just kind of like the melodies yeah. like, uh, on the, like the bridge and stuff. You could sort of hear it. I get you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, it's definitely, a, I think it's more commercial kind of. Like yeah. Not, I know commercial sounds bad. No, but it's kind of what we want. It's more of a wide stream like, appeal yeah. type of thing. What we've kind of started to understand is as well that like the only way that you can kind of get bigger is to widen who's listening to your band kind of thing. and um, Not that we're like going to sell out or anything like that. You know, we're not going to write like a electro like pop tune yeah but we definitely we need a break in the set as well i think that's a big thing that we've been talking about um maybe like six songs in our set are fast and they're intense and they're hectic and you get maybe about four songs in and you like turn around and like dan's sitting there and he's like dripping in sweat and he's like got very few clothes on and he's still he's like boiling it's intense to have to play them and it's kind of like we would like a moment in the set that's kind of a little bit sort of slower and it sort of swells and builds like that and it's it's nice to kind of be able to go down that branch instead of actually just being like okay we're gonna just do really fast rock songs all the time and be really really fit like because it is really difficult like oh i can imagine but like so you do have more than two songs in yeah but you only have the two on streaming platforms currently yeah is that a, like it's not a lack of songs so is it like a lack of resources to sort of upload them or it is yeah i mean it's definitely uh expensive to record and i think we do have we've an ep coming out soon um but again that's kind of once that comes out that's almost like the back catalogue of tunes that we have been writing over like the last two years that's kind of them like almost like used up in a way like full songs are you worried bringing out that back catalogue that it may sound date it or do you think it'll sort of stand that test of time there was there was a worry because like 
chronologically gone was written after the ep tracks and then the ep was kind of being brought out after it mm-hmm. but i think they are close enough together sound wise i almost feel like brendan and gone are so far apart and the ep is almost like the bridge in between them sort of thing because um obviously it was after brendan and like a lot of the songs they had more time to be reworked after we'd like played them in a live scenario so we kind of knew um we like understood the songs more than just when we had brendan it was like right we'll do the studio and we'll do that we also had a lot more time to work on the songs in the studio this time for the ep which was really good because you know it just meant we could kind of get a little bit more in depth and like what sound we wanted to go for so i think definitely like the collective like opinion of the band at the time of recording the ep was definitely like closer to the opinion of us when we did gone so i think mm-hmm. they're definitely closer but there will be a noticeable change as well when they come out because there are four guys on the ep again yeah. so like there's four instruments um sometimes more which i know is kind of cheating a little bit but like sometimes uh just for layering and stuff but uh there it, w- it will be a noticeable difference but it sounds massive for it it sounds really really good um but i think definitely gone is a little bit more accessible it kind of the ep sort of goes back to the more rocky sort of stuff and it's there's a lot of kind of tracks well there's not a lot of tracks on it but there's most of the tracks on it are kind of a bit more uh aggressive mm-hmm. or raw almost would be gone definitely feels like really well rounded and like really polished and uh-huh. um definitely there was like a there were like moments in the studio where we were like yeah we'll, like we'll keep that really raw and it'll sound like aggressive and i think it's quite nice because it almost comes back to like feral's Your meaning as well thing, you yeah. know like it actually it, there's a really nice kind of like twin there with the kind of name and it's nice to kind of be in a band that plays music that the name of your band actually means and stuff you know like it's raw and it's like aggressive and it's like untamed and stuff so i quite like that sort of symbolism i guess like it's um it's been nice but i'm like we're excited to put them out but it's it's weird at the same time because you're like hold on to them for so long and then it's kind of like oh my gosh like they're out now like this is it like close the book on them next kind of big thing yeah like we can actually like write more songs now and like mix up the set a little bit and people are finally gonna like know them you know when will they when will that be out then roughly we've got the first one is coming out uh monday it depends when this is out because it may already be out by the time this yeah this will be probably mid-february like a few weeks yeah yeah, so it'll really be out it'll be out on the 5th of february so what's the name of this it's called the low and it's the first it's the, we're just pretty much doing it a single a month or we're attempting to we're doing like a single a month with a video intertwining kind of storylines with all the videos so you kind of get this story of the ep sort of thing and and the videos actually pick up from the end of the brandon video which like if you haven't seen it it's like zombies and sam gets Apocalypse. a little bit like attacked at the end of it and may or may not have perished so like it's really really exciting in that sense as well because you've actually got like this physical sort of storyline that you're working through as well 
which is really cool. So it's kind of like a concept EP? Kind of, yeah. And especially because all the songs were kind of written around the same time. So you've kind of got, they sort of touch on like a lot of the sort of same things, which is really, it's nice because the, the they all, all the songs sound completely different. But whereas the lyrical content may sort of tie in with each of the other songs, it's kind of, it's kind of cool and it's it's weird as well because at the time I almost like didn't realize I was doing it like that and then you kind of you get the opportunity to sort of see them as the whole EP like when you get it back and you're sort of like wow like these are these are really cohesive like I don't understand how I've like done that I almost like didn't set out to do it like that so it's really cool but it's it is a little bit nervy just because it's like wow like now we have to like write more songs and stuff so <laughs> like, defining moment for the band yeah kinda. a little bit yeah as early as we as early as it kind of is it's we really wanted to get it right because we'd been working on it for so long and then you want you know you want it to go as smoothly as possible and you want to have like the biggest impact that you possibly can and you want to do your songs yeah you want to like do your songs justice and stuff like it's weird <laughs> so at this point i'm gonna try I don't, I'm trying to do this with all the musical acts. It's mm-hmm. a bit. It's a, it's a segment game, basically. It's mm. called the Shuffle Game. We're going to do this three times. Try it three times. Hit Shuffle, basically. Uh-huh. And I need you to defend why these songs are in your catalogue, why they're in your phone. Uh, yeah, basically that there. So, first one is Fools. Fools. And then it's 1975. It's just all bands that influence me. Like. And then, ooh, there's a While She Sleeps song in there as well. Right, so the metalcore band. So why all the songs deserve to be on my phone? Yeah, there was three. So start. What was the first one? The it Fools? was. It was. Yeah, it was. It was the first song off their uh, Holy Fire album, and it's like a. It's called Prelude, so it's kind of like a little intro song, and it just it eases them into that album, and it, like for that. Obviously, we're doing an EP, and it's only three songs, and you can't really get into the the sort of like meat of an album. But um, to have an album as like a body of work, having like an intro song like that, and it's a class song as well. It just it really like it's really creepy and it's really carnal, um, and it just sets the tone for the entire album. So like, it's actually it's such a good album as well. <laughs> like yeah, just even thinking about that. That's fair. And the second one, what was that? Second one was Ah uh, by the 1975, um, which off their sophomore record like yeah really a record that kind of got them massive mm-hmm. um completely different vibe from the Falls tune as yeah. well like uh super like electro kind of poppy pop yeah pop. real pop like um but it's really it's a, another class song I think he's one of the best lyricists at the moment just the way he uses his syllables um they're so syncopated that they're so um well choreographed to the actual like music Mm -hmm. and um just the production on it as well it's obviously we're a we're a live band and we kind of like use raw amps and raw instruments and like you know everything's a bit gritty and then to hear such like a contrast from what we make like Mm -hmm. that really intrigues me like hearing like the sounds that they kind of throw in bit more polished yeah like just it's something that i don't do it's something that i can't do because i don't have the the necessary like tools to make like mm-hmm. dancey pop music yeah, and yeah. stuff so like it's really nice to 
be able to listen to, to that sort of stuff as well. I mean, they're just, I just think they're great songwriters as well. <laughs> That's lethal. And the third one, the last one was mm. False Freedom by uh, False Freedom While She Sleeps. That's it. This is where um, it kind of shows how much like my taste has progressed. This was like back when I was like 17, 18 and into proper like metalcore all the time. And um, While She Sleeps are actually such a good band though like if you don't listen to heavy music at all like check them out because they just continuously put out like great records and um that's off their debut as well and i kind of started hearing like a little buzz about them a few years ago and then i used to be like an avid quran reader mm-hmm. and i saw that their debut had like a color of like five k's kind of like review five out of five I went. I bought it, and it was, it was actually still metal. Like it's actually still one of the like, heaviest, like most aggressive records I've ever heard. Like it's, it's just so fun as well. It just, it just takes me back to like kind of just about to finish school, being really like angry at the world and things like that. <laughs> like it would be rare okay, that I would listen yeah. to it now, but as soon as it came up, I was just like, oh yeah, <laughs> like I remember. <laughs> That's deadly. Uh, so we get back into this here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's just because I'm paying more attention to the Northern Iron scene, mm-hmm. but I do feel like there are more Northern Iron acts taking the mainstream appeal across like sort of the UK. Yeah. So you have like Rose, she's on tour at the minute with Snow sure, Patrol, yeah. brand new friend open for Rat Boy in London. Mm-hmm. What what do you think the shift is that's sort of progressing and pushing Northern Ireland onto the mainstream stage? Good question. <laughs> uh-huh. There's definitely because I know the last sort of big act we had out was now I see you from afar. Oh, and so I watch you from afar. No, yeah, I, from afar, I would. Um, I would actually think that they. I don't want to say are to blame because it sounds like a bad thing, but they are kind of like the reason for mm-hmm. it. I, definitely, they are one of the kind of big, um, like I want to say like underground band as well. Like it, it feels like a I don't bit think of a they're kind of thing. Yeah, you know? they're not really on the same career path as like Row and Brand New Friend yeah. but they are they're progressing the first, really really well they're definitely the first band that I can remember like going to see and be and like going to see in like bar shows and like smaller shows that then kind of like have broken out and we're all like massive fan. like me and Sam have the, the logo tattooed and stuff so like we've been following them for a while and just seeing their progression and people are taking notice of them and it kind of made everywhere else sort of like put the magnifying glass mm-hmm. over Northern Ireland because there's never actually been a shortage of unbelievable like talent here yeah it's just people don't necessarily I think they think because we're like tucked up on a little kind of island over here it's sort of like we'll just sort of leave them to it so everybody in the scene knows like we were talking before like everybody knows everybody in the scene mm-hmm. everybody knows who they like and what music kind of is their thing but there's no shortage of any genre of music in this country like so yeah. I definitely think that they're a big kind of player like and so are a big player in why people are kind of paying attention yeah paying attention over here but I'm pretty biased like I'm always gonna say that like um but then definitely I think even just the amount as well like there's just we're like churning out so many good acts at the moment 
and everybody seems to have this real like collective camaraderie yeah like this this whole like community vibe and uh everybody's kind of like helping each other out and everybody's bigging each other up now as well like there's no kind of like oh i'm kind of in it for my band for myself it's like everybody's just like a fan of everybody else's music at the moment every time i go into like a new band to follow yeah it's literally every list of northern iron bands following that band yeah and sharing their stuff which is great to see it's it really it, it's such an it's such a good opportunity for everybody as well because like it's really exciting because somebody in another band that you really like may like you back mm -hmm. and then you'll bump into them and you'll kind of just talk about how much you enjoy each other's bands and then you'll be like I never thought that this would kind of happen or anything like this just just like in passing or like if you see them out and definitely we were at the NI Music Awards last year and that was just like really nice to see like a proper celebration of all the kind of great acts in like the NI scene at the moment and mm -hmm. I think nights like that as well are like really important because you know if we have our own awards show like people are going to be like okay well they're giving out awards let's keep an eye here yeah like why why are they giving out awards mm -hmm. surely there must be like some talent here and then obviously they'll check out the winners and see the talent so it's it's really exciting because you just you never know what's going to happen and i mean obviously the world's like a lot smaller nowadays mm -hmm. like with internet and things like that so you just never know if it goes up online somebody's gonna watch it mm -hmm. you know it's just it does it gets you all like tingly like because you you just never know what's gonna happen with it <laughs> <laughs> on that subject as well you gotta give snow patrol their props mm -hmm. they're i didn't realize how still active they are yeah and keeping an eye there they, they had a big part in this year's northern Iron music awards and they're plucking out sort of young acts and taking them with them yeah, man, yeah. so i'm not maybe the biggest snow patrol fan but i do definitely respect what they're doing in that regard yeah majorly like we're on that scratch program and i had no idea that apparently it's like he funds it it's it's really? literally like his his building like he just completely funded the program and stuff like that and i think it was sam told me about this and just the amount of respect that i had for him post hearing that was mm -hmm like immense because obviously that program's done so much for us and the OEAC Centre like continues to do so much for those for who don't scene, know like, do I break down what Scratch My Progress is yeah it's it's like a talent development program where it just it picks out kind of up and coming talent from around the area and do you apply or do they pick you apply yeah they, they kind of open um, I can't remember when they opened it was like maybe May uh, and they think they got us to send like a demo and then like a short bio of the band and we had like sent gone and like that was you send the track that should you be accepted you go into a studio and they kind of do all this nice nice stuff for you but um it's really good because this year we're the only band on it and there's been like so many like different acts on it that, like they're so varied this year like um there's like an acoustic artist that Gemma Bradley's on it and she's like she's unreal unbelievable like mm -hmm. acoustic artist and then uh, Alice La's on it who's making that real like catchy synth driven like just bops like and then Dina who um who raps and yeah. like obviously I, I, 
I don't I don't really listen to rap, and mm-hmm. so like getting to see that and yeah. getting to see her like do her thing is like really like it's exciting because it's like wow I didn't even know that like Northern Ireland had yeah, that yeah people were like doing that around here you know I'm so kind of in the like the the band scene I guess like mm-hmm. you kind of lose sight of like how much else there is like outside of that which is really cool and then there's a there's a guy Kid Trench he, he plays in a band as well actually yeah we're not the only band on it but it's it's been the first year that they've um they've accepted like five acts as well so I think it just kind of shows like how uh swamp they are with like so what have they done for you then so far um we had we had done the photo shoot um that's the one on top of the buttons yeah it's kind of become like weirdly like infamous at the moment like everybody's it's a good kinda, picture who took them uh we went with um they get in a photographer called carrie davenport mm-hmm. she's like professional yeah, like she's, she picks. was class like it was it was a really really fun day like and um i think like dan really enjoys rap and he kind of really likes that style so we I've kinda, seen him with the wee tank top once yeah cool. we just we i think we kind of wanted to look like a million pounds <laughs> on like a sort of 20 quid budget sort of thing so we like went um like charity shop hunting for coats and then i think sam's wearing like a gold chain in it i'm giving away all the secrets as well but like sam's wearing a gold chain in it and he had literally just went to like a hardware store and bought like two meters of gold chain <laughs> and just tied it behind his head like so it's no there's not it's not like necklace or anything we just we just kind of put on anything we had mm-hmm. that we thought looked like really bling like <laughs> really pimp so um so they done the photo shoots yeah. and then you mentioned they got you in the studio yeah and it gone we did the single as well which that that would probably be like one of the most you know obviously helpful things you know the more music you can kind of put out the more opportunity there is for people to hear it which which is really fun and we got to work with um rocky o'reilly who who done a lot of the Insoul records as well which was really cool because we were kind of like growing up listening to the early Insoul records and then kind of sitting in the same room with the guy that's done them and being like can you like get my bass to sound like that and, and all that and <laughs> just really like properly like referencing stuff that he had worked yeah. on before which was really nice and uh then they do loads and loads of workshops um for uh like the business side of it that's like one of the things that we were really interested in getting on the program for you know we just kind of play songs and write songs and do gigs and stuff we don't know anything about kind of managing a band or yeah, like yeah you know what the business side is and they kind of like sat us down and you know told us about the sort of PR things that can be done and just really really helpful you know topics mm-hmm. that are necessary to be in a kind of working band nowadays and that's been a really really big help and it's it's meant that we've kind of taken a lot like we did most of the kind of PR for gone ourselves just after having like a workshop with but he was the nicest guy like (laughs) but um jeff robinson um, oh yes yes i seen his yeah his marketing pr is doing bellsonic yeah yeah um he came in and he like did a talk and i was like i made so many notes like Mm -hmm. it just because that kind of it interests me how to sort of like 
he was he talked a lot about like casting the net out and kind of like pulling more people into your band and then you kind of go away for a little while and then you kind of come back and hopefully you're bigger and I was kind of like that makes sense to me you know mm -hmm. that's that's how we should do it from now on so we kind of like well we naively probably think that we know how to do great PR and things like that like, yeah, but, yeah but based on knowledge <laughs> yeah can be really productive and help yeah it's, it's good you know that but are you are you wanting to use them tools and for the rest of your career or do you want to get signed and or uh, do I stick in there or go get signed basically in two minds because I've been hearing a lot of people recently saying like you don't have to be signed these days to become like a bigger band or you don't have to be doing that like there's definitely arguments for both sides but it definitely seems like the natural progression of a kind of band mm -hmm. you know and it would be nice to sort of be at the level where you could have somebody like taking care of like one of the other parts mm -hmm. you know because you do stretch yourself quite thin with it an awful lot of the time and it, a lot of the time I find like the business side of it can kind of suck the creative Are drive yeah. sort of completely like it can be completely gone and uh, whereas before we wouldn't be worrying about any of that because we weren't even announced and I would just sit and I would write for like days and days and I'd be like this is great like this is really easy mm -hmm. and now it's kind of like you're juggling about like five or six different balls <laughs> I think there is a threshold mm -hmm. to being indie like I think you can make a career and live so good off yeah. being indie but I think if you're looking to punch through that next level Arctic Monkeys America like yeah. I think the label can assist you and you say there's pros and cons yeah, they like do you need marketing and management yeah. and funding as well you know that like labels can provide you and stuff so there definitely is but there's a lot of kind of knowledge of what label you want to go to and mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to like sign anything that's gonna wreck us. Like. Take your soul away. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So um, the other night I seen on Instagram, you've released well, not released, but you have merch made up now. Mm -hmm. Work with Emily was Osborne. It Emily? Uh, Osborne. She's yeah. very, very talented. She's class. Yeah. Yeah. She's um, our favorite person. <laughs> she does so much for us. Yeah. So how did um? Why are they only being sold at gigs then? Uh, it's white t-shirt with yeah. a black print on it. For anyone who doesn't know, you yeah. can check it on Instagram. But yeah, how come it's not being distributed that way? We that's a that's another thing actually that the Scratch program got us in on. I think they kind of pair up with a lot of um, art students, and they're kind of like, here we've got bands in. You guys are artists. If you like a band, you know, link up and kind of do a little bit of artwork. And we were really fortunate that she kind of vibed our sound, and she kind of approached us and had a few ideas. And uh, we really, like, we met up with her, and like from the first meeting, we kind of loved all her work, and we mm -hmm. were like, let's, let's do this sort of thing. Like, let's really, um, have a go at sort of making the image of the band a lot more like stand outy. Mm -hmm. And uh, for her project, she had made these little um, barrels logos, but she had kind of carved them out. I think it was like. I don't know if it was on wood or something, but she had like carved out the ferrules backwards, and then she was like, "We could make T-shirts from that if you just like print it with ink and then slap it on a T-shirt." So we went about kind of sourcing a load of T-shirts, and then we sort of spent a day with her, just printing the T-shirts, shot a little video for that, and just all that good marketing stuff. And then yeah, we've been selling them at gigs. 
we've been selling them at gigs because we have only had them really recently mm-hmm. and um we're not sure how profitable it would be to have them sold online if we then had to ship them yeah so probably the best opportunity for sales is when someone's just seen your band and they have been that like, endorphin high and, and been like whoa yeah. like well i actually really like that and then kind of it makes the t-shirts a little bit more palatable or the price of them at least <laughs> <laughs> that's slick man um, so I think we're going to wrap up here no but um, can we use can we use an outro song can we use one of the feral songs absolutely yeah should we go gone is that okay mm-hmm. go gone absolutely so that'll be the outro song um, check out your social medias where people can find you yeah uh, Instagram is ferals uh, like underscore official and then Facebook is just ferals official and they're both really really important I don't think people understand how important like social media is Mm-hmm. is now to have like that weight behind you so if you kind of like any of the songs do give us a follow you're checking out your personal ones or do you kind of um, stay away from that there no personal ones all the way as well yeah, yeah. um i think sam's is foot sam mm-hmm. foot with an e and then dan's is early warm and mine's just shane mcmullen on all I'm platforms so boring like <laughs> <laughs> straightforward that's great and yeah. uh, so just quickly again up and coming gigs anything with us about hopefully next couple of weeks yeah just oh, give the dates out we've won on the 1st of February but this will yeah. probably already be out so I'm assuming that that will have been a great night um, and then I think we've won in McHugh's bar on our the 16th of February I want to say the 16th it might be the 15th but it's mid-February and then we're currently working on getting some more to promote the EP, so hopefully there'll be some more popping up around like March and April time. If I see anything, I'll add this in. Absolutely, yeah. Find you, man. Listen, thank you very much for joining us, Shane. No, man, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Once again, I want to thank Shane for coming on. I really enjoyed that interview, and if you did too, go check out The Ferals on Instagram and Facebook. Go check out their music on Spotify, Tidal, wherever else you listen to music. And if you want to follow us on social media, search Spinning Pebble on Twitter and Instagram, top results Spinning Pebble. Um, my social medias are Ryan underscore Duff with three Fs on Instagram, Ryan Duff 44 on Twitter. Uh, like I say, this week's outro song will be Gone by Ferals. I hope you enjoy and thank you very much for listening. <laughs>